Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. Let me ask you something. Are you a front row person? You know, when you attend a meeting or church or any event, do you try to sit in the front row? Zig is going to talk to us about the need for more front row people. Let's listen to Zig and I'll be back to recap. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Let me start today by saying I just flat feel good. You know, there's a difference in feeling good and feeling good, and I feel good. What a week I've had. The worst thing that happened to me was I got some junk mail postage due. I mean, now that is not a, a that's, that's not a good deal. But I got to realize another step towards one of my goals, which is to play the top 100 golf courses in America. I played Black Diamond, which is over in uh, Central Florida. And what a fabulous experience that was. Played with three guys who were just lots of fun. One of them plays to a six handicap. That means he's a good golfer in case you're not a, uh, in the golfing bit. But I was feeling so good that day, little froggy. I was hitting the ball so good. The putts were falling like crazy. So I said to the three, some fellas, I just feel so good today. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge all three of you and we'll play best ball. I'll play against the best one of you on each hole. Well, they looked at me kind of stunned because they knew I played to a 14 and one of the guys had played with me before and he had not been overly impressed. He said, Ziggur, are you sure you want to do that? I said, yeah, just for bragging rights now. I only asked for one concession. He said, what's that? I said, I want to be able to improve my lie on every hole. He said, how much are you going to improve it? I said, I promise I'll never move the ball more than 12 inches. He said, you think you can beat us all? I said, you bet. Well, the first hole is a tough par four. Now, obviously, I'm keeping score under these circumstances. So the first hole is a, uh, is a par four, and we got uh, at the end of it, you know, and uh, I wrote their scores down. I said, well, I had a four. Well, the guys all looked at me, kind of raised their eyebrows, but uh, I guess in deference to the fact that I'm a senior citizen, they chose not to say anything. So I wrote the four down. Then I said, no, 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 what I'm thinking about. I got a three. And then they just, they spoke, Ziegler, you know perfectly good and well you didn't get a three. I said, I know that. But the rule that we established going in was that you would let me improve my life. Now, the four was a lie, and the three's just an improvement on it, and that's, uh, uh, 
So make certain that you, uh, that you are uh, communicating uh, properly. Let, let me tell you what one of my objectives is today. Kind of like this old boy down home, uh, he is caught in a flash flood. I mean, it was an instant one, and he was up on the rooftop of his uh, house, you know, and one of his neighbors came floating by, and he said, John, he said, man, this flood just terrible, isn't it? And old John said, no, ain't that bad. He said, what do you mean it's not that bad? Why, there goes your hen house floating downstream right now. He said, I know that. But we started raising ducks just a few months ago. And see, there they are. Every one of them just swimming around, said everything's going to be all right. He said, yeah, but man, this high water is going to ruin your crops. He said, my crops are already ruined anyhow. So they're not going to have any impact. We need a little irrigation. This takes care of that. Well, you know, some people persist in being negative. He said, yeah, but look, the water's rising. First thing you know, it's going to be up to your windows. He said, man, I hope it gets there. I said, they're so dirty, they need washing. <laughs> now, what am I really saying is that we can look at things through two different pairs of eyes. The optimist eyes are the negative eyes. Today, we're going to be looking at winning through persistence, enthusiasm, and desire. An old minister was asked the question as to why he was so effective. And he said, well, basically, I tell people what I'm going to tell them, then I tell them, and then I tell them what I told them. You'll hear me say over and over that repetition is the mother of learning. That makes it the father of action and the architect of accomplishment. We'll talk a whole lot about that. As always, I will tell a lot of stories today. The Center for Creative Research in Greensboro, North Carolina has discovered what some have known for literally a couple of thousand years, and that is that the best way to teach is through parable. We remember when we identify, but we're going to extract lessons from each one of these stories. Three years ago, I had an opportunity to speak over at Hines Community College in uh, Raymond, Mississippi. Well, I was on campus there. I had gone to school there back in 1943. And a man there named Joby Harris had had such a profound impact on my life that what I was doing was establishing or helping them raise money to establish a Joby and Jim L. Harris, his wife, who also taught there, scholarship fund. Well, that morning I spoke at the college itself the auditorium was absolutely packed. I mean, uh, the students and uh, faculty and visitors from in town were standing uh, all the way around the back. As I started, I could not help but notice that on the very front row, there were seven empty seats. And I noticed over here on this side, on the uh, second row, uh, there were five empty seats. And so I said to the people who were standing, I said, we have seven empty seats right down here and five over here. Why don't you come on down and take a comfortable seat for this presentation? All you got to do is walk 15 or 20 steps. You're here. I'm here to tell you that only one person came on down and occupied that front row. None came over here. Now, with plenty of front row seats available... Only one of them was chosen. I said to the group, I wish it were possible for me to reach down if I were strong enough and had the time to literally take these seats up and move them to the back and give them to you. But I'm just not that strong. We don't have that kind of time. And I'm certain the administration would not smile at uh, me doing that if I could. The seats are available, but you've got to take the steps to get there. 
Now, on this other, the second row, I got to tell you, there are some obstacles you got to overcome because these five seats happen to be in the middle of the row. But these look like congenial people. They might even uh, help you get past that particular obstacle. I said, that's life itself. Because whatever you get, there's going to be some obstacles that stand between you and them. But it's up to you to take the steps. It was quite an experience for me. And the message I'm delivering, major point, is that front row seats are available, but you've got to go claim them. And there's some obstacles along the way. You've got to climb those obstacles. We have a tremendous need in our America today for front row people. But we want to remember something which I believe is very basic. It's awfully tough to be successful when things are too easy. Give you a couple of examples. Earlier in this How to Stay Motivated series, I made reference to the fact that of the 300 world-class leaders, I'm talking about Churchill and Roosevelt and Helen Keller, Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, etc., 75% of them had either been abused as children, had some serious physical disability, or were raised in poverty. It is tough to be successful when things are too easy. Had an interesting experience over in Columbia, South Carolina. Met a young man uh, in the motel there named Fernando Quintero. Now, Fernando is from Mexico. He lived in uh, San Diego for a year and a half. And he lived there and worked with and went to school with and associated with only people who spoke Spanish. Bottom line is at the end of a year and a half, he could not speak any English. There was no need to in his mind. Now, he moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and three months later he was speaking English, and six months later he was very fluent in the language. Because in Columbia, you see, nobody there spoke any Spanish, and he had to do it. My daughter-in-law, who is an extraordinarily bright young woman, uh, spent a year in New Orleans. She's from Campeche, Mexico. She spent a year in New Orleans. All of her friends spoke Spanish. The school uh, uh, was conducted in Spanish. Everything was Spanish. She could not speak any English. Then she came to Austin College where she met my son speaking no English. She finished into the first year with a 3.0. You see, she had to learn it. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that a lot of times we don't have people who require us to do things, but if we want to get the most out of life, then we obviously have got to require those things of ourselves. Life is easier when you're tough on yourself, but when you're easy on yourself, life is enormously tough. Let me say that what our rewards are for doing the things we've been talking about are absolutely enormous. Now, one of the things that everybody wants, well, everybody, to repeat myself, everybody wants to be happy, they want to be healthy, they want to be at least reasonably prosperous, they want to be secure, they want to have friends, they want to have peace of mind, they want to have good family relationships, and they want to have hope. Well, are you the kind of person who will face head-on the obstacles in your life to get what you want? I love the concept that Zig teaches here. If you are tough on yourself, that life is easier. And if you are easy on yourself, that life is tough. That is a lot to think about this week. This is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.